0: What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. This week I'm gonna dive into a question that I've been getting multiple times during the live stream Q and A's that I'm doing. And so clearly it's something that's on everybody's mind. And with all this talk of recession and slow down in the economy and stuff like that, a lot of people are starting to wonder, should they sell the properties that they've been buying over the last couple of years? Or indeed, should they withdraw the offer? That they might have just recently made and it hasn't yet been accepted or it's been accepted but they haven't gone to committed to a binding contract yet or whatever so let's get into that today now before I do there's something that I would like to ask all of you listening in it's um, this is a serious thing that I'm going to just ask for some assistance with and those of you who are regular listeners of the podcast will remember my friend Mark Bryant in episode 109. Now, really inspiring conversation with Mark, who went from being diagnosed with terminal cancer uh, back a few years ago, and he went on to, you know, building up his health, getting healthy, and then getting into triathlon, and he lined up um, in August here in Ireland at the, Ironman in Cork that took place which is the full event. Um, Those of you who are not interested in that kind of thing just to let you know it's a massive massive undertaking. You're talking about 13-14 hours of continuous exercise to get through it. It's two and a half mile swim, 112 mile cycle and a full marathon at the end back to back. And anyway Mark Really remarkable that Mark went and went from being in that sort of devastating health situation to full recovery and back training. Now, I'm guessing you can probably guess where this is going, but his story of resilience and the warrior mindset that he brought to bear, you know, in his recovery from cancer, well, it just got a little bit more complicated. And another couple of chapters for sure has been added to his story. A couple of days ago I learned, I was speaking to Mark, and I learned that the cancer is actually back. And it is the same one that he had before. It's it's this aggressive leukemia. And he needs to get into go into full recovery mode in order to kind of fight this again. And so my friends and I, we've created this GoFundMe page. And we're just looking for support, donations, anything at all would be uh, most graciously accepted. It's really just, To kind of help out mark with the 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 kind of the treatment and all that kind of stuff he's gonna have to go through and face and that's a tough moment for him particularly and his family like he has young kids so i really feel for him being in this situation um because he 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 obviously the last time if you listened to that episode 109 mark because he was terminally diagnosed terminal he actually got a payout on his life insurance so he now doesn't have life insurance he spent his life insurance payout recovering and getting all the recovery and stuff like that and so now he has to try and do it with what's left and so it's a difficult situation so look guys below in the comments or on the show notes there is a GoFundMe page link and I'd be really grateful if you could just show some support at all. All right, guys, let's get on with the show. You are listening to Behind the Facade, and I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher. On this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market the key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior to take control of your thoughts your emotions and most importantly your ego welcome to the show all right guys so look with all of this talk of recession should i sell my property portfolio or some of my properties or should i withdraw that offer that i've recently made on a property all very very understandable questions very very understandable concerns and definitely a common mistake on my uh, live streams I've actually had in one of the last ones I did I think the question was asked three times by the uh, by the different people that were listening in and commenting now just so as you're aware that start that's on Wednesday at one o'clock so look can, how should you choose the correct path? Like, What is the correct path to take if you're a person who has property and who's now looking at all of this negative news and starting to question what's the right decision to make? No simple answer here, by the way, um, if, <laughs> if life were only so simple. But there are a lot of questions that you need to start asking yourself um, when it comes to making any kind of a dramatic shift in the strategy that you've been adopting up until now and you know new data comes in and strategies do change but you've got to get you got to kind of dig into the real uh, fundamentals to just dig down below the surface the surface is you know your immediate emotional reaction and then deeper down below that is whether fundamentally things have changed whether you really need to do it out of survival or whether or not this is you emotionally sort of like reacting and perhaps overreacting. And remember those cognitive biases I've spoken about before. They do make you do things that perhaps you wouldn't if you were, um, if you were kind of, I suppose, able to sit back and see, the f- if, you could, if you knew what was gonna happen in the future, obviously we'd all be thinking about this differently. But it's the fact that that uncertainty creeps into your mind. So, first question is like, what is causing this shift in your, you know, mindset? Is it created by the market? Is it created by actual facts? Um, and how much of it is under your control? How much of it is under the control uh, of other people? How much of it is completely outside of your control? And you're like just a passenger in this. The next question, like, what does this mean to your long-term goals? Like, why did you get into property investment sector was it to build a long-term passive income portfolio was it to flip properties and just make a couple of quid on the side as we would say Uh, like a side hustle or was this a career that you've chosen and you want to kind of dedicate the next 20 years to building this kind of like large portfolio that creates a lot of income and a lot of wealth Um, in respect to those goals like what has changed has your fundamental mindset changed? Like if you were a person who like Mark has just been diagnosed with, you know, a big kind of serious illness, that might make you change your, like that would be a legitimate reason to go and look at everything again. Um, If you have been doing this as a kind of a side hustle and it's not really a long-term thing, that's another good reason to go and give this a very good, very solid think. If you are a person who has been scraping your money together and you just barely can make ends meet, this might be the time to go and make a shift in the direction that you're going. But if this is something that you see as long-term and you're saying, you know what, I I knew I was gonna be in this thing for another 10 to 20 years, uh, and therefore, this is really just a blip along the way. This is not you know, the reason to get out of the market. Remember, there's an old saying, Time in the market will always beat trying to time the market or timing the market. So the other questions they have to think about is like, how bad could it get? And for how long could it be bad? And those are two things that none of us really know. But one of the things that you could be doing is having a look at your interest payments and sort of do some you know, crystal ball gazing and sort of say, okay, what if the rate that I'm paying was to double. What would it look like? Um, like? Would I be able to afford those payments? Some people will have no problem with that, but other people will be struggling because of the manner in which they you know, bought the property. If they managed to put down like a deposit that took them everything, and if the property is only throwing off a very small yield, that's going to be a struggle. How exposed are you? if this goes wrong could it take you down like could it take down your entire portfolio could it be impacting one asset only and you could just let that one go this is something that you really do need to think about because some most of the time banks will lend, but they will try to cross secure your assets so you've bought one asset and you're and it's looking really nice you you then go to another asset and the banks say, well, we'd like to have security against that first asset as well. And so now all of a sudden, if the second one goes negative, they're going to go after the first one as well. How much of your portfolio, if you have a larger portfolio, like how much of it is cross-secured and tied in? And would it be like a domino effect if one asset goes, does it pull down multiple others? That's something to think about and what is your investment horizon uh, in terms of like what age are you if you're a young person if you're in your 20s you've got you know another 20 years 30 years of investing i've been in this market next may 2023 will be the 30 year anniversary since i bought my first property and you know fast forward 30 years it's it's hard to believe it goes by in a blink by the way but What is your investment horizon? Like, do you, are you on the verge of retirement? In which case, this is a serious thing to be thinking about. Like, are you at a point where your work is going to stop? And so your income is gonna dramatically fall and you're gonna be relying on a state pension or you're gonna be relying on your own pension. All of the, and then, and your property portfolio was to contribute to that then you need then this is a, obviously a serious consideration but if you're in your 20s you've got a long road ahead then this is this could just be a blip and um it's worth thinking about that do you invest to hold long term or do you plan to flip the property do you see this as i got in get out um i just turn the property over and i get the money back out and uh, i roll it into the next deal and i have a little bit spare for myself Those are, like, these are some of the questions that you need to kind of sit back and ask. And each answer prompts a different uh, response to whether or not your strategy should change. So let's go and have a look at some of the fundamentals um, of your strategy. Like, why did you start investing? And was it for a long-term or a short-term period? And that is, like, did you buy good assets at the time? When you were buying your assets, did you buy assets that you could add lots and lots of value to? Or did you buy them with full value? Um, what, what kind of income yield from the asset um, are you getting? And what kind of buffer do you have above the mortgage rate that you're paying? A lot of these things are, um, if you're buying rural property, then a lot of the time, certainly the clients that I've been working with they have 15% yield, maybe 20% yield in some cases, and so their mortgage will be you know, way, way, way below that, and therefore they're not gonna be struggling with payments. But people who are buying city center, it's always more expensive, and therefore you're probably gonna find that the yield is much, much tighter. And so it might be difficult to actually cover the mortgage payment. And did you buy, as I said earlier, did you buy to flip or did you buy to hold? Now, the reason I've asked these questions is because I want you to assess your strategy in light of this new data. If you were aware um, that this this strategy of yours was long-term, then you knew, or you certainly should have known, that prices fluctuate. Like, this is a cyclical market. The market will go up and the market will go down none of you should be foolish enough to have thought that this is an upward only market and that it'll never suffer any kind of a downturn. So that being the case, can you put aside your immediate concerns and say, you know what, this is exactly what I've been expecting. I've been waiting for this. Finally, it's here. It doesn't feel good, but I'm prepared to you know, weather the storm uh you shouldn't think of this situation that we're in now as being unusual. History tends to repeat itself. I remember meeting a very, very, like, incredibly wealthy property investor when I was living in Spain. And this is a guy who would be one of the biggest investors in the UK. I mean, billions. And I remember we were in the middle of the recession, uh, of the 2008 recession. And I remember being over at his house, this huge, big mansion, and asking him what did i what did he think about it and he was saying it'll it'll ease off and then it'll be a great time to buy and he says and then it'll come back they'll start bringing back the risky investments and they'll start doing all of the stuff, and then it'll all start again, and there'll be ten years from now there'll be another recession and it's like the guy just gets it you know, and um that's obviously how he got to the level that he's at, but it was so interesting to see how he just, he knew that this, is, this has happened before, this will happen again. It is just the way the market goes, up, down, up, down, and just be prepared for when the down market comes. All investment markets rise and fall, and they rise and fall based on sentiment. And during the time when everybody, when there was easy money flowing into the market, everybody gets, you know, they get FOMO, and they start putting their investments everywhere. And you start kind of thinking to yourself oh jesus there's people over there making loads of money in crypto i want to get into that market oh look i've heard of these uh nfts i'm going to get into nfts and sure enough everybody was piling into all of these very risky assets but there was fomo there you didn't want to miss the next wave and sure enough most of these assets now have collapsed in value if they're worth even 10 percent of what they were when people were getting in and stuff but here we are now, property is gonna go through a bit of a downturn as well. Now it won't go through the same kind of downturn as crypto and NFTs because it didn't go through the same kind of rise. And so you can at least rest assured that you're not gonna see that kind of a fall. But you should definitely have anticipated a fall at some point and don't get too perturbed when it does eventually happen. As long as you haven't left yourself too exposed with your interest rate cover, and that you don't have a lot of cross-secured assets that one could pull down the other. I was listening to an interview recently with Charlie Munger. Um, If those of you are not familiar, I'm sure you've all heard of Warren Buffett. Well, Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's kind of right-hand man and second-in-command at Berkshire Hathaway. And these guys are incredible. Charlie is 98 years of age, and yet he's still going on stage and talking about investment philosophy and stuff. And they were asking him about the current situation. And he said, you know, everybody should expect for there to be a massive market correction every 25 years, he actually said. And he said in his lifetime he can remember these kind of life-changing market corrections where he says it goes to back to, you know, feels like it's going to zero. And he said that, In each of those cases, he was invested in Berkshire. It went below the price that he bought in at. And therefore, you know, a lot of people are panicking. But he says, don't forget that that is just what the market is temporarily valuing your assets at. It does not necessarily mean that the asset is worth that low amount to you. It all depends on what your utility for the asset is. If you are getting an income from that asset and the income is still healthy, then there should be no reason for you to worry about it. The market will bounce back and everything will be fine. The main thing is the intrinsic value. And that's, I think, one of the big problems with crypto and NFTs is there's the, it's very hard to gauge what's the intrinsic value in those things because they have no utility beyond their kind of computer chip um, or their computer usage, we'll say. Um, whereas with a property... You can put people in. You can house property. People will always need a place to stay. Um, it can also be traded. You know, there's all of those different use cases with property, and so it's um, it has an easier. You have an easier job figuring out what the intrinsic value is of a property. Um, now, the market at the moment is obviously disagreeing, and there's there's a lot of panic in the market. Uh, but remember, property market is absolutely completely linked to the cost of borrowing. So whatever, whenever the cost of borrowing goes through fluctuations, the property market is gonna fall in value. And we've been at this really, really low rate of interest for so long, the market had to go to the top. And now we're gonna get into a situation where it will fall back. There's no question about it, it's gonna fall back. And it's really just a matter of how are you funding your holding? And that is question number two that I wanna kind of really dig into. Like many in the market, if you raise the mortgage, you can easily see your interest rates are starting to increase. So how exposed are you? Uh, Do you rely on that income to fund lifestyle? And if so, how much of that is discretionary and could be sort of reined in? If you're enjoying, you know, a fairly kind of comfortable lifestyle and all that, it might be time to rein that in and start putting as much as you can into paying down your mortgage or to build a sort of, we'll say, a, a safety net for yourself in the event that rates continue to go higher or if they, can, if they go higher for longer and you have to kind of start pumping money into it. You need to just think about that. A lot of people, they don't like when the market, uh, when the pricing or when their income falls off. And they suddenly find that they have to give up certain luxuries that they've become used to. Uh, it is a fact of life and you just have to kind of grin and bear it. And uh, and it's just, you know, it's not, it should not be used as some sort of a, um, a bash of your ego. A lot of people build a lot of their value into these things that they have and they kind of create an ego around it and I saw that a lot in 2005 and 6 where guys were driving flashy cars and stuff like Bentleys and stuff that cost you know nearly 300,000 euro and when the market crashed they had to give them all up and guys could not handle it and a lot of them actually took their own lives because of the sort of apparent fall from grace that they were all going through and uh, you just have to be mentally strong and just sort of, you know, easy come easy go. I had a Bentley, it wasn't a great, now it's gone. That's the kind of attitude. It has to be an easy come easy go. Um rates are going to increase. How much of a margin have you got? If you've got a good yield, like 12, 15, 17%, then I think you're probably going to be in good shape. But and you're going to weather the storm just fine. But if you're if your borrowings is marginal, if you've pushed this really, if you've pushed the boat out and you've just managed to kind of scrape enough to make ends meet, then this is gonna be a difficult time for you possibly. And um, I can see people shifting into a negative cash flow uh, quite quickly because just this week, since the last live stream I did, the ECB has increased its rates by another 0.75%. So this is um, this is a worrying time for a lot of people. And this is gonna start hurting you. So you do need to consider how you're gonna weather the shortfall. If you have a a cash shortfall, how are you gonna manage that? Because this is not something that you want to sort of deny and bury. And a lot of, um, if you don't act, the asset could prove even harder to offload in a couple of months. Um, It's a very hard decision to make. I'm not giving you advice here. I'm just telling you how I experienced it. Do you take a loss? Okay, a lot of people have this aversion to making a loss, and I can totally get it. I hate taking a loss, but I can tell you when you're heading into a difficult market like this, it's better to take a loss early than to hold out and then find that you're taking a bigger loss later. And that is something that I experienced. If I told you, you know, today you're going to lose an awful lot less than you're going to lose in 12 months' time. What would you do? Like you'd basically go and bite the bullet and and just accept it. Putting your head in the sand is not a strategy, okay? I have done that before. when I didn't like the response, uh, like the thought of selling a property that you've bought and losing you know a hundred thousand on it or something like that. it was so painful to accept that that I decided that I, I just didn't want to think about it, and I buried the head. Sure enough, a couple of years later, it was like more like 400,000 that I lost on that property. So be very careful. It's not gonna be pretty. Be very careful that you're not burying your hand at the sand because it's unpleasant thought. If you are marginal now and you have got to sell and you're being forced to sell into a kind of a loss-making situation, the likelihood it is not gonna get any better. You've already, like the price that you thought the property was worth six months ago, that's gone. The, that is no longer coming back, and therefore bite the bullet now if you have to. Uh, question three, what, if anything, has changed with your investment strategy? So investment managers in the, the big institutions will always have a look at a person's uh, you know, investment horizon, and they look at the age of a person. So a young person is always going to be put into riskier assets the ones that grow quickly, you know, the Nasdaq, these tech companies that grow really, really fast. They'll pile them into that because they can weather this kind of fall in values and the risk tolerance is higher. Uh, they have a much longer time horizon. So you put, you pile into something like that, the market falls. Oh, well, you've got 20 years until you're going to be retiring. However, when you're approaching retirement age and you're in your sort of 50s or 60s, then these investment managers are gonna be an awful lot more careful. And what they will do is, they will move your portfolio out of those risky assets and a much greater portion of it will be moved to cash or will be moved into bonds or whatever. And that is really just so that you don't suffer that kind of sudden fall because of the market crash or something like that. You, If you're doing this uh, investment stuff, if you're investing in properties to supplement your retirement, then you may prefer to release the asset now so you have the cash under your control. Whereas a young person, you know, you can just decide you're going to wait another five, 10 years, you'll collect the income in that period of time. I, I mentioned before, I bought it my, one of my first properties, in fact, the one that's coming up on 30 years. I bought that um, after a couple of years, I rented it out to uh, a tenant. And that person paid me over the space of maybe 25 years or something like that, that person paid me more than uh, four times what I paid for that property in rent. And so you can see how time can fix and mend things. Uh, Whereas if I, now if I wanted to sell that property at the top of the market, I had to get out at an exact point in time And when I didn't get that, the market fell back down a lot. And if I had sold at the very bottom of the market, I would have left hundreds of thousands behind. But instead, I kept on getting the income from this property for another eight, nine years, and then I sold it and the market had bounced back. So you can hold out, you can collect income in the meantime, and just as long as you haven't left yourself really exposed with a heavy amount of borrowing and stuff. It's all about managing your risk and uh, your your mindset. Your mindset is particularly important here. Remember, this is a cyclical market and it's always gonna do these fluctuations. Nothing has changed fundamentally, but the sudden shift in sentiment can be unnerving. And uh, we often look to cues from the kind of people around us to gauge our safety. If you see a lot of people screaming and shouting, you're gonna be suddenly like twitchy and wondering what on earth is going on. That's effectively what's happening at the moment. But if you know that your strategy is sound and that you're in a good situation, then it shouldn't be any different. So the bottom line, these are the questions. What is your cash flow buffer looking like at the moment? Can you fix uh, the rates that you're borrowing at to de-risk the cash flow situation? Has your strategy changed fundamentally? Does your business model need to adapt to these new conditions do you need to kind of abandon what you've been doing and adopt a new strategy is your mindset in check are you being fearful when others are being greedy and perhaps you should be greedy as well Um, this could be a good opportunity coming up if you're able to get a handle on the situation so guys i hope you found this one useful remember to check out my live stream wednesday at one o'clock and i shall see you again next week I hope you found this episode useful. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. Uh, If you did find it useful, I would be really grateful if you could leave us a review over on iTunes. Or if this is your if you're watching on YouTube, maybe just hit like down below and subscribe if you haven't already. If you have any questions or topics you would like to ask or have me cover in future episodes. You can approach this two ways. If you're listening in on the podcast, then perhaps join the Facebook community. It's called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you can leave a comment down below. And I always like getting comments in the YouTube page because it does drive engagement. Uh, Alternatively, look me up on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher, as always. And you can stay up to date on my projects and various things that I'm doing at the moment just by following me over on my newsletter. The newsletter is found in gavinjgallaher.com. I put it out weekly. It's just a bit of an update on things that are going on and the various publications and things like that that I'm putting out. All right, guys, talk to you again next week.